Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. It's your boy, Louis J. Gomez, Puerto Rican Rattlesnake, Point Corner Podcast, and King of Things coming at you like Cleopatra, your mama's butt cheeks. As always, with the great Dave Smith, the one and only Dave Smith. There's several of us, but I'm you the best. You know what, no, dude? I'm the best. Imagine I, uh, Louis, you are an hour late, uh, an hour and five minutes late. A dollar it is, short. It is unacceptable. However, it cannot keep me down today because fucking Nate Diaz. Defeats Hamzad Chemaev, he did. and then just to top it off, <laughs> beats Tony Ferguson as well. I'm in a great mood. My favorite episode uh, we've done so far well, already. Wait, listen, it's going to be a great episode. Shout out to Yo Kratom for supporting today's show. Uh, without them, none of this. Nate Diaz was on Kratom as he won both of his home fights of the $60 dollar kilo. Support Yo Kratom and everything they do because they support us and everything that we do. Uh, this past weekend, UFC 279, Nate Diaz versus Ham. No, not Hamzat. Tony Ferguson. He fought them both. Doggy. He the whole the way it all. Played out. It was fucking wild. And one crazy. of the craziest. One of the craziest uh, events in UFC history. I I'm putting my conspiracy theory hat on right now. My little tinfoil hat. My little fucking tinfoil goggles. I I feel like there was some sh- there's some shadiness going on behind the scenes there. There was just the way it all played out. I, it just it just seems like whatever happened. It's sort of like the the shift. I feel like there's something we don't know. That's what I'll say. It's like 9-11. There's some shit we don't know. Yeah. Well, that's I, I don't think it's an it's, inside it's job. It's not what those people it's are saying. Not, yeah, it's not the fucking well, you steel know doesn't melt weird. and they fucking so blow I heard it. So I heard a lot of... But there was some shit that we don't know about that happened in 9-11. Just like at UFC 279, there's some shit behind the doors that we don't know about that would probably blow people's fucking minds. Well, I'll tell you. You know, I saw a lot of people tweeting. I think Ben Askren said something about this. And I saw several other fighters who were like, because the story is that the night before weigh-ins, the doctor came and told Hamzad he had to stop. No more monkeys cutting, jumping on the bed. Cutting weight. <laughs> That's it. And they kept calling him after each monkey <laughs> fell off the bed and bumped his head. And the doctor was like, "What? at this point, why are you calling me? <laughs> you know the answer. You, you know, know the answer. answer, dude. I've told you seven times already. No more and monkeys I'll tell you three more times. <laughs> um, and a lot of these fighters were like, but... This doesn't make sense because doctors don't check your progress weight cutting. Someone would have had to call a doctor in. Something's going on here. And there seem to be no signs from Hamzad Shamayev on the day of weigh-in that he was in any distress. Like, he didn't look sucked out. He didn't look like somebody. Now, this doesn't prove that he wasn't. But he didn't look like somebody whose kidney was failing the day before. Or who was, like, cramping up and couldn't cut weight. He looked happy and replenished. He looked like, like, did not, I I, I mean, as healthy as you could look on that scale. Pull up uh, Hamzat on the way in, right? And it's not only that. Here's the thing. Hamzat went from being maybe 
one of the most beloved fighters to the absolute most hated fighter in a matter of days. In a matter of days, dude. And honestly, had one of the most impressive performances that I've ever seen in the UFC um, with uh, defeating Kevin Holland without Holland being able to deliver a single strike. Yes. Nothing. Incredibly impressive performance. But Hamzat... The reason people are hating on this guy is because now he comes in, he's not, he doesn't look sickly, he doesn't look like he tried his ass off to cut weight. He's smiling, he's smirking. First of all, he looks great, dude. Then he gives, he flips hey. off, he flips off some fans or whatever. He misses weight by eight fucking pounds, no, right? And the, it, he, fighters miss weight, and I know fighters, other fighters get really pissed. I remember Bisping used to be very critical when people would miss weight because yes. he never missed weight once in his career. And it's just like, yeah, fuck you, dude. That's the job. You got one job to do. And I understand that. But the MMA audience and the fan base, we don't really give a shit if you miss well, weight I, if you react the right way. I, I suppose. I think that um, there's, there's examples like, let's say when Charles Oliveira uh, missed weight, but you miss it by like a fraction. And people kind of go, oh, really? He gets stripped of his title because yeah. he's like 0.4 pounds over what he's supposed to be. A different scale might have told you he was on weight. You know, like it's a, it's a different thing to miss weight by eight and a half pounds. Crazy. And when you have a one pound forgiveness, so like nine and a half pounds, you know, off the look, it is. I understand what the what Bisbing is saying and what and I remember Anderson Silva when Travis Luter missed weight against him was like furious and yeah. ripping him apart like you disrespect title shot me. is crazy you disrespect it's the crazy title. to, to miss weight yes. on a title shot it's bonkers but they, you kind of get the point where it's like well look here's what we agree to we agree that we will fight at this place at this time at this weight so they look at it almost like not showing up to the arena yeah like this is where we agreed to fight. Well, this is the weight we agreed and it's to fight also, at. And also, especially at that time, maybe not now as much in modern day MMA, but back then, these guys were all fighting 20 pounds above their weight class, right? And they would really cut weight. They would yeah. really deplete themselves in massive ways, in dangerous ways, right? I think nutrition's gotten better. Training's gotten sure. better. A lot of guys have realized fighting at their natural weight class is way better for them. They have a better chin. They're stronger. They're faster. There's, uh, you know, the whole weight cutting thing, I feel like a lot less fighters are doing crazy, dangerous weight weight cuts anymore um but i think back then specifically guys like bisping were like no they have to starve themselves they're they're really pissed off they got a fucking chip on their shoulder the week of the fight because they're like dude they can't eat what they want they've been torturing themselves dude if you like to eat like i like to fucking eat for me we know for me not to eat and for me not to like be able to enjoy that side of life which in my opinion is one of the biggest pleasures in life dude it's like literally go, traveling and new visiting new places eating eat. good food and fucking that's like I, I really should have been a greek god and you just travel <laughs> you, just, you just just taking grapes and fucking shoving them into my mouth as i'm all fat and naked just in orgies <laughs> what a great life that would be that's all i would want hey we enough grapes we got anything fried yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can't fry these grapes. Well, these grapes are good, but they're kind of healthy. Um, um, so, Coop, can you come here so I can peg you in the head with this cup of coffee right Coop, now? Coop, please come here so I can luckily, throw scalding hot luckily, coffee. Luckily, no, in no, it's face. not scalding hot. So that's that, luckily it's just going to be a nice ice cold, <laughs> a nice ice cold. I shouldn't say ice cold because that would even be a thing that's good. Ice coffee is nice. A lukewarm a room, cup of coffee. A room temperature. I'm going to call it Coop warm. It's a Coop warm cup of coffee right now because that's what you're giving me is Coop warm uh, feelings. Not good, Coop. That's not good. That's not a good thing. No. That's not a good thing. That's not middle no. of the road, at least. No one appreciates that. At least microwave it for me, Coop. Jesus fucking. I'll Christ. throw some more coffee, but I should also let you guys know. I don't know if you saw this. Kamzat's 
coach came out and he said the reason that they consulted the doctors is because when he would stand up, he would start to like pass out. He was nauseous, so he was in a bad spot. So that's if why, that's if yeah. that's the case, then there's still it's still a big fuck up on his part. So I, I I'm curious your thoughts on this, Lewis. Because I, by the way, this all overshadowed well, the backstage brawl. Yes, that happened so the day before the way right? So people, there's a huge audience there for the the press conference, and Hamzat gets in a fight backstage, and then that that ruins the press conference. So people are kind of annoyed about that. Then doesn't even make weight. So he's talking all this shit about what he's going to do to Nate Diaz, and I'll, I'll tell you from my perspective, I go, look, Nate Diaz, right? is in a situation where, I mean, sure, he wanted out of his contract, but the truth is, what we'll all acknowledge, is that this was, they handed him the nightmare matchup for him. Uh, the the toughest, I mean, the odds were like, it was insane yeah, what the odds were favoring Hamza, which I, I think were a little too insane, but regardless. And Nate's like, I'll be there. I would have given, like, like him uh, like minus 600 favorite. Yeah, I would have sure, but, something like that. But it was like 1100 yeah, or something, something like crazy. that. It was something crazy. But Nate fucking takes it and like shows up to fucking fight this guy. The toughest matchup for him at a weight. Which that is, is because Nate's a true gangster. Yes. And a psychopath. Yes. Nate didn't go into this going like, oh, I'm going to lose this fight. Nate no, was Nate went into, into it like, like, I'm going to destroy this pussy. Nate goes, I wanted Francis and Ghana and they only gave me Hamzat. <laughs> so like, whatever. I guess I got an easy night at the office. Uh, but the fact that then he goes there and then you don't, there's something about that that's like, and then you don't do what you need to do to fight him. Yeah. Like he was willing to take this fucking fight. And I kind of feel like in this weird way, Nate's taking this crazy against the odds fight and you kind of rob him of his chance. Yeah. Whatever and, you think the chance the may fans, be. Uh, look, for, a lot out. of people came out, including Jamie Kelsey, who filled in for me on this show just a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. I love Jamie. A lot of people were like, dude, better matchup. I'm more excited about this. It wasn't more exciting. Yes, it was a substantial. It's a better matchup. They should have just made this match from the beginning. Yeah, I guess it makes more sense. Way better. It's a it's a more but, fun fight. Look to watch Nate likely get smoked by Hamzat. If did Hamzat was able to do that to Kevin Holland, and Nate's a more skilled fighter well, than Kevin Holland, but Holland is a really athletic dude. He's got great grappling. He wasn't able to get anything off. Well, I think here's, Hamzat here's what, would have ragdolled Nate, and I don't want to watch Nate go out getting ragdolled against a guy who, honestly, we all just found out sucks. Fuck him. Well, I'll tell you this. So I, I, I kind of agree. I kind of disagree. What I thought from the Hamzat versus Kevin Holland fight was it made me go, man, it would have been really interesting to see him try to do that to Nate Diaz. Because I'll tell you, I do think that, look, even the commentators were going, when he was doing, when he was fighting in the first minute of the Kevin Holland fight, they were going, wow, this is, look, that style of coming out like that is a very dangerous game to play if you don't finish the guy Mm. immediately. And this just makes it a very interesting thing where you go, look, if there's one thing you could say about fucking Nate Diaz that you really can't deny, he is one of the absolute toughest guys to finish in MMA. I mean, this is the guy who's fought like nothing but top 10 and top five guys and almost never gets finished. The one exception was the the Josh Josh Thompson Thompson, fight. But aside from that, no matter who he fights, and even when guys fucking like really, I mean, Jorge Masvidal, you know, fucking was really like getting everything off. Nate took a face kick, took all types of shots. Still, I mean, they they stopped it because of the cut, but still it looked like he wasn't going to finish him in that fight. Does Hamzat catch Nate in that choke? I think probably not. And then if he can't finish him after going like starting like that, 
things do get interesting as as they go further I, in the I fight. Don't, I don't. So see it just would have been Hamzat. Um, that style. Those guys have that. Like you know the Habib. Like the you know that that Russians. You know just it's it's not even ground and pound. It's almost like. Fence and smash, aggressive like they, they, wrestling. They, they, yeah. they push you up against the fence and then they just smash. I think, uh, and I, I think it would have been a really tough pace for Nate to deal with. And these, he has. I mean, they, they, he just stays so tight to you. He's got impeccable grappling. I just don't see him being finished there. This is the. Um, I think it would have gotten real interesting if Nate could have made it into the final rounds of the fight, and I think he probably would have. I mean, also you got to say Kevin Holland did fucking go to give him the a pound. And then he shot for. I mean, look, you know, it's within the rules. Look, Kevin Holland also was uh, had a training camp for a striker, and to switch from a striker to this grappler of all grapplers yeah. in in one day is look, Kevin a very Holland tough. He doesn't lose his stock. He does though, and it's a hundred and seventy pounder that's coming in. He was and, trying and to put him. on a, a winning streak. You know what I mean? And like, and and you also like the way he got smashed. Look, you're Doesn't a professional good. mixed martial artist. You're the top of the food chain. Everyone in there that gets in that cage, main card of a UFC event, everyone has title aspirations. We're talking about being best in the world. And we have a performance like that against a guy who's typically fights in a weight class lower than yours. I just don't think it does any does you any favors. You don't look very does, good. Doesn't help, for um, sure. Yeah, not great at all. I, ultimately, he just doesn't lose sock because... Uh, Hamza put on such a shit show and was so dis so disliked this week. And Kevin Holland was willing to sort of change opponents. Well, you know, let me that let, will he's sort of frozen. He doesn't his stock doesn't go down. His stock definitely doesn't go up. But in terms of sort of like where the fans, where the UFC, where everyone looks at him, I feel like Kevin Holland sort of is in the same position that he was in before this fight. Uh, yeah, even a, after a getting bit. smashed, which is telling uh, to how sure. how crazy the situation is. I, I I more or less agree with you, but I'm curious about your thoughts on this because I think that. The, a lot of the reason why Hamzat became such a heel after this, as you mentioned earlier, was not just that he missed the weight, but his attitude yeah. after he missed the weight. What do you think about that? Because I'm almost a little bit torn on that, where I think that, I think behind the scenes, you know, if you talk to Dana White or if he were to like talk to Nate Diaz or something like that, I think behind the scenes, his attitude probably should be like, hey, I'm sorry. I fucked up, then I fucked this card up, that's bad, won't happen again, or something like that. But I do kind of understand where in front of the cameras when you get up there, you're like, well, what am I going to do at this point? Am I going to be a little bitch and be like, sorry, everybody, I missed weight? Or I'll be like, fuck you, suck a dick, you know what? put anyone in front of me and I'll smash I, I them. just sort of want you to be real. I appreciate the effort, right? He's trying to do what Connor does, right? He's trying to like, he, he's pulling a page out of Connor's book. He's got a ton of hype right now. Um, he's trying to be the bad boy. He's missing the mark. You know, it's it, look. It, it's not even me. Forget me. Just look at the public reaction to it when Connor throws a dolly and smashes a girl's head open with it, and glass flies everywhere. You know, nobody really gave a shit. Everyone was like, "Dude, Connor just knows how to create moments." And this guy, you know, Hamzat, he's just not nailing the bad guy thing. Chael, well, I don't know if he was trying attempt, for it. I don't attempt. know if that's what he was trying for. I think he's just kind of like, bro. I think what he's trying to keep up is the intimidation factor. Of like for all of his fucking opponents, that's like I don't care. I'm coming to smash you guys. I don't give a fuck what I weighed. Blah blah blah. But if you're Dana White, and weirdly Dana White, you know this is how Dana is because he's a businessman first. You, you, you know he's furious. Yeah. The guy starts a fight backstage, ruins your press conference, and then the next day misses weight and makes you scramble. Dana White had to pay everybody more money. 
to agree to take or these maybe fights. Maybe Dana White. Dana saw, does not like to pay everybody maybe Dana more. Dana White saw that the this this event wasn't tracking as well as it could attract, and that he needed some more fucking press. This is where the conspiracy theories come in, right? Yeah, so I doubt Hamzat, it. By him creating that melee at the the <laughs> press conference, by him changing opponents, the amount of interest that was drawn into this card, the amount of people clicking on it, talking about it, I mean, everything was just turned on its head, and it sort of became must-see TV, whereas I don't know, there might have been a lot of people, I, I have no idea, I, see, I thought there was a lot of hype with Nate Diaz's last fight going up against Hamzat, but... Maybe it just wasn't tracking that well because Nate was very, very much outmatched to the casual fan. I don't know, but they see that you know minus thirteen hundred, you know whatever the whatever the discrepancy was in the uh, the line, and they went, oh yeah, I'm not going to buy this fight. This doesn't seem like it's a super competitive fight. So all of a sudden, they do a rearrangement of everything, get a ton of press. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's fucking talking UFC two seventy nine, and Nate Diaz goes out and has one of the most incredible performances ever. First of all, the fight. How did Building Seven fall the same way the two towers <laughs> fell? You tell me that. <laughs> I'm just Did saying, you hear the tape of that Jew saying pull it? Doggy, I'm just saying that all of a sudden it became a, a really, really, really hyped card. Um, and it, uh, yeah, Hamzat, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Hamzat you're not, saying. not having a, not a drop of sweat on him, not, not looking sucked at it all, <laughs> really and him bad. smiling. And honestly, Dana White recording like a fuck it Friday and flipping an egg. Like he, Dana didn't <laughs> seem to care that much. When Dana's pissed, Dana's pissed. Yeah. Dana will come out and be like, fuck you, Hamzat. You're a piece of shit. He will he go up head to head. He with- goes, oh, well, what happened is the doctor came in and he couldn't do it. So anyway, we're switching the whole <laughs> yeah, card dude. around. It was, all right. Fair enough. Doggy, he straight up was like, oh, yeah, the doctor. It was crazy the way it just sort of like whatever. And then all of a sudden, fucking. And then on top of it, Nate getting the fucking tap out at 209. Well, all right, let's talk about it. That's crazy. Well, that, you that, think that was a conspiracy? No, <laughs> you think but that's that, crazy. You think that didn't just happen? That just happened, but it's that's crazy. Well, let's. Uh, and, and Diaz was just fucking really starting to open up on him. It's crazy. Look, dude, 11, it's so beautiful 10, the way he does this choke. Nine, right there, right there. Taps goes in. They called oh. it at 08, but he stopped him at two thousand uh, uh, at two oh nine. That's crazy, dude. Natalie has no idea the significance of this at all. Natalie, what do you think the significance is? I want to hear a lesbian's uh, idea of what this could be. I have no idea. You have no idea. 209, what that is. Seconds? It's, well, it's two minutes and nine seconds okay. left in the very fourth round. Uh, did they bring him out earlier than he was supposed to? No. Nate Diaz is from Stockton, California. Stockton, California's zip code is two hundred nine. The area, code, but it's not I only not only, but they, it's not only just in it. They rep it in such a massive like way. Two hundred nine is like what they say all. Yeah, the time. It's, it's like a, their it's t-shirts say two hundred nine. Like the fact that he got the tap out on his last fight on his UFC contract. At two, I'm getting goosebumps right now. You can't write it. You, could, I mean, there's no way that it's. Uh, uh, it there's also, no conspiracy yeah, the there. X Files music is playing. It's crazy. You know what, guys? We can do that. We have we'll the ability, that. folks. Why do we? we? Why, why it'll, we? it'll take us ten minutes, but we can make it happen. <laughs> that uh, is an absolutely wild well, thing. What did you? What did you think about the fight? Wait, uh, real the, quick. Say all that again. At two minutes and nine seconds, Nate Diaz gets the tap out. It's where he's from, Stockton, California. They represented it at all times. You're going to tell me that there's not something eerie and strange about this, Detective David? 
Hamza didn't make waves. <laughs> he was told not to. Are you doing uh, Paul Bear? <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, really, yeah. I don't really remember X Files, but I feel like there would always be some creepy dude like explaining no, everything that happened. I don't think happened. that's true at all. It's pretty it, sure it's it the sexual tension between Mulder and Scully that was. Really uh, I the think whole it was show. about Alien. Skankfest is sold out. But our marquee sponsor, YoKratom.com, has your chance to win tickets. So go to YoKratom.com for more information on how to win tickets to Skankfest. Um, Alright, so wh- what are your thoughts on the main event, like how the fight played out? It was, it was kind of interesting to see Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz. I know Tony Ferguson is on now, what, a five-fight losing streak? But he was a guy who was like, you know, just an incredible guy. Yeah, uh, injuries caught up. Guys. All the damage caught up. He fought it's such a crazy style. Like, you know, he's obviously, it's not the same Tony Ferguson that we saw, you know, be the number one contender for a long time. It did. It, the it, pandemic it, fucked things up a lot. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, Tony, you almost feel bad for sort of the way it all played out for him because he was on the path to maybe being number one pound for pound, being champion. His title just, fight got fucked up like yeah. five different times. He was yeah. supposed to get it and didn't get over it. Over crazy shit. The one time he yeah. like just tripped over a, a power cord. Yeah. Remember? It was, mm-hmm. it was actually a really funny video. I don't know who put it out. But it was Tony, like, after they announced he was going to be in the main event, he, like, almost tripped over a wire. And one of the uh, production assistants was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. they grabbed the wire. They're like, dude. And that and that that one got canceled, too. And that fight, that title fight, even when yeah. they were making jokes about how all your title fights get canceled, that mm-hmm. one got canceled, too. Um, I think that uh, it was an interesting fight. It kind of went basically the way I thought it was going to go. Me and you talked on the phone, like, right after they rescheduled the whole fucking thing. And I said, I go, basically what's going to happen is that. Tony's like very unorthodox. He's going to be throwing this unorthodox shit at him. Nate is much more, even though he does crazy shit, his actual fighting technique is much more like technical. Yeah. And I go, he's going to start finding the openings and like f- start. Yeah, I mean, him Nate's apart. just going to Nate's going to just it's throw just those one twos down the middle, and it's and eventually start picking yeah. it apart. I thought, um, and and even there, it was uh, it was very weird. Tony Ferguson was doing. You know, like he's he's always been crazy with his elbows and his spinning like techniques, but he was going to it like way too much in the fight. His corner was screaming at him to stop doing the fucking spinning shit, yeah. and he kept doing it over and over. And you could see Nate started timing him well, and uh, he was uh, and Nate started like landed some good shots and was busting him up a little bit. But he was doing he was doing really good with that inside uh, leg, leg kick, kick, yeah. And he got this fuck it was was really interesting. And like you've been now that you've been training for a while i'm sure you appreciate this too but he fucked up you know a lot of times the leg kicks they either fuck up like your thigh you have a bruise on it or your calf and you have a bruise on it but he got this big fucking welt on his shin yeah which is a weird thing because that's what you use to block kicks you know yeah, the, the blood so you're once, about no 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 that was no, on that was, tony's yeah, leg he, nate had a big welt un, on his shin unrelated tony had a big cut on his shin but then nate had a lump well on his fucking shin. that cut was specifically from Nate checking, checking the, the kick, did. yeah. I, I, look, Dave. Right now, if I simply threw a five percent speed kick at you and you checked it, both of us would go back to our corners and be like, "That was really painful. There that sucks, dude." Checking a kick, bone to bone checking, sucks. And it's one of the things in the sport of mixed martial arts that it's like you just do that. That's, that's a part. That's just happening. That's just happening. Your your it hurts. So much it hurts with shin pads on. But that's the interesting thing about like so Nate has this 
huge lump on his fucking shin and now that's what he's checking these kicks with you know like even when you check it right you're checking it with your injured fucking shin so he was doing a lot of damage and then there was this really i'll tell you two guys two tough motherfuckers smashing each other's shins into each other (laughs) it's crazy but there was something and i see this a lot I i think this was true in the leon edwards fight too there is it's like with the diaz brothers there is almost this um like there is a method to their madness. And you saw there was like the one point in the fight where Nate Diaz just goes, no, 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 and walks over to the cage. And it was like very weird. Like, wait, what's happening here? Is he like not fighting anymore? And then Tony lays down and then there, and he's like, they t- he turns it into these like antics where it's like, nah, fuck you. You're such a bitch. I'm just going to walk over here yeah, and yeah. not fight you. And then it gets back into the fight. And you know what happened when they got back in the fight? Tony stopped throwing that fucking leg kick. Yeah, because now they just like they're both like just pissed off, like they just want to fucking fight each other. And he did this pretty effectively with Leon Edwards too, where he'd keep he'd almost goat you into this like weird place of like talking shit and getting into all these antics, and all of a sudden you forget that you were really fucking them up when you were really keeping this as like a distanced fight and yeah. just like focusing on like these techniques. And they do this. This is kind of what Nick Diaz was doing with Anderson Silva when he'd lay down and walk to the cage and all this shit. He was like, just get into a wild scrap with me. Yeah. Like he's any, and, and, um, the, and then well, the, you can't like the other guy control the cage, dictate the pace of the fight. You're disrupting that rhythm and that control that you're 100 percent right about that you know and i i think i don't know how deliberate it is or how much like it's a, a but it happens like it a, works. A, a different gear like in them that sort of knows instinctually to do that or if it's a conscious thing where they go no no, no i gotta disrupt this guy's pattern i don't think the diaz brothers I've seen, are that deliberate i don't know <laughs> but i've seen both of them i've seen this with nick diaz and nate diaz i remember nick diaz did this with um uh in the carlos condit fight there was one point where Carlos Condit landed this body kick, like a beautiful body kick. And you could just tell it really fucking hurt Nick Diaz. And he lands it, and Nick Diaz kind of like does this thing where he works right and he goes, ooh, oh yeah, you landed a body kick. Like he's always just like talking shit to him. And then Carlos kind of like steps back and is like, yeah, whatever. And then there's like almost like a 10 second thing where he's talking shit to him and you're like, yeah, you just let him recover yeah. from this shot that hit that hurt him, and like they they do these things, which whether they I don't know exactly how deliberate it is, but it's like genius fighting type shit. And then in the fourth round, when they came out, you, you could see Nate had really figured out his timing a lot, and he was really starting to like put it on him. And then his corner, Tony's corner, had been telling him like for the last two rounds in the breaks, take him down, take him down, because they wanted the points, because it was a close fight, yeah, so yeah. they wanted the points, and then. It's, as soon as he took him down, you realize this is the one thing Nate's probably been training his ass off. Yeah. Wait, when he's fighting Hamzat, what is his absolute best chance in that fight? Let's probably catch it. And Nate's got a really good guillotine, and it's probably catching him in that guillotine as he shoots in. And I mean, he just caught him right away. Beautifully. Beautifully. Yeah. I mean, he, Tony was already hurt. Uh, there was a, there was a sequence where he was hurt he was putting bit. it on him in that yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that had something to, to do with it as well. Because I don't think a lot of people saw Tony tapping either. Uh, I mean, look, it was an incredible performance by both guys. Um, it was just a really fun fight. It was the I, I ended up winning a three fight parlay. Uh, I bet on Nate Diaz, Hamzat, and um, Daniel Daniel Rodriguez. Um, even though Lee Jin Yang um, won that fight, in my opinion, and I was going to bet on Lee first, and then I talked to Harrington. I was like, "Is this a good parlay?" Um, and he was like, "No, dude. Rodriguez started giving me all these stats about how Rodriguez finishes people and blah 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 blah." blah. 
And I was like, all right, dude, fine. And Harrington like, has always has the weirdest stats. He goes, every time he eats a six foot long subway before <laughs> he fights, he finishes the fight. Yeah, no, no. I, so I ended up betting on Daniel Rodriguez last minute, which was probably, uh, you know, it was a, against my instincts. But, you know, Lee Jin Lang did an incredible job in the fight. Honestly, I thought he won the fight. I thought they kind of robbed him. Um, so, but, you know, I won, I think it was a 200, yeah, $250 bet. I ended up winning over a grand. Woo! Lewis, moving up in the world. That's it, baby boy. That was a big deal because I lost $700 playing blackjack. <laughs> so, it's all good. All evens itself out, folks. Um, yeah, dude. Incredible, dude. Incredible performance by Nate Diaz. The 209 at the end was just icing on the cake. Very, very cool. And it was a cool, it was a cool way for him to go out. You know, say whatever you will about Nate Diaz. I mean, to go out on this streak where he fucking beats Anthony Pettis, ties Jorge Masvidal, beats Leon Edwards, beats Hamzad Chemaev, and then beats Tony Ferguson, and then sails off into the sunset. This is an incredible end uh, to his career. But, you, you know, even if you would argue with some of the facts of that statement, the guy has just been the most entertaining fucking fighter yeah. and always ready to fight. You know all the best guys, and it. Dude, it I is love when, true. He, when they does it, when he does his poses, like his his when he like after he weighs in, dude, and it's just like it's like a thirteen year old boy that just started lifting weights. Like it's like he's like he's like <laughs> yeah. that's him flexing, dude. He's like yeah, he does this a lot. It's like, great. Oh, it's great. You're like, what is he even doing? What does he see when he looks in the mirror? He's look, dude. Whatever you want to say, man. That I just I love the Diaz brothers fight. There the, to me, there's just no one ever. Uh, who's been as entertaining to watch fight. And they always fucking like, they're always there to have the fucking, the fight you want to see. And they're always like, their belief, look, and even he said it in his, uh, one of his interviews before the uh, fight, I think it was his, the ESPN interview before it, where he's just like saying, he's like, look, dude, I've been, this whole time I've been here, he goes, who am I fighting? Like everyone I'm fighting is the top five, the top ten, the best guys. His last fight before this fight was with the welterweight champion. You know, his his fight before that was with the guy who's challenged twice for the title. His fight before that was with a former title holder. His fight, but you know, and it's like I don't know. It's just it's cool what they were able to do. It was also really cool to me, at least, as like a hardcore fan and a big Diaz, you know, fan. That he had all of them there: Gilbert Melendez, Jake Shields. Um, uh, Nick Diaz was in his corner. They all came out with him. Uh, Richard Perez was there in his corner. Shout out C to Jake C Shields, by the way, inviting me to the Diaz after party. Oh, did he? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking uh, Caesar Gracie was there with him. Like the whole original team. And there was something cool about just like looking at it where like I remember, as, as we all remember, when there was a time where Gilbert Melendez was Strike Force champion and Jake Shields was the Strike Force champion and Nick Diaz was the Strike Force champion. And all those guys were a little bit ahead of Nate. You know, like in years in, and Nate was kind of like the the next guy coming up, and it's just kind of cool to see Nate ha that he's become this star and making such huge money in the sport. And you know, all, for all we talk about, where like there are some guys who gave so much to the sport and didn't make that much money off of it, it's just kind of cool that Nate ended up fucking just really beating the system. No, yeah, he did, dude. Uh, you know, and, super, and he made fucking... Did you hear... Uh, super exciting fighters. Oh, yeah, super, they all are. Did you hear uh, in his post-fight press conference where he said... Uh, he goes, when they came to him and were like, 
we want you to fight Tony instead of Hamzat tomorrow. And he goes, well, if you want that, then I want you to pay me more than you pay all of the champions. <laughs> and they were like, Nate, we already pay you more than we pay all of the champions. <laughs> and he was like, well, then I want even more than that. That's hilarious. And they were like, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Dude, yeah, Nate fucking rules. Real ass dude, obviously. Uh, where'd you end up watching the fights? At, at home. home. Yeah, just at home. Yeah. I was, I was gonna, traveling around this weekend. I was I was going to watch uh, them at the the Circa, but the uh You didn't do it? No, they they didn't have they don't do the pay-per-views at the Circa. I realized what? They, that's what they told me because all the hotels could watch the pay-per-views for free. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas if you're just there in the pool at that giant screen and you're like, "Don't worry, let me hook my PlayStation up to the TV." <laughs> yeah. I got it. I'll, I'll order it. No, so I ended up going to like a little uh I ended up getting offered tickets from a couple different people. Not uh, Joe Rogan or Shane Gillis, but well, he other retweeted people. you though. He did. He did. He retweeted you. That's even better than tickets. That is, you're right. That's better. I would. I would way rather <laughs> Joe quote tweet me <laughs> than be invited on his podcast, his massive platforms, or any of the things that you know. All these other people. I'll Why? be back on end of the month, everybody. <laughs> Look for me, Joe Rogan. Um, but no, honestly, I was with uh, Zach and I was with Paco and. Yeah, Rogan's, a plan. Rogan's not going to have that riffraff on no, his No, 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 but we made a plan. You look, I'm not, you know me, dude. I'm a fucking loyal dude. We made a plan to go watch it at a shitty bowling alley, and that's what we did. You were one text from Rogan away from ditching no, those people. I wouldn't have ditched them. I swear to God, I wouldn't have. I don't really like hanging out with dudes who are better than me. <laughs> I, I like to keep lowly <laughs> dudes much worse than you much worse than yeah, you. Yeah, that's yes. a way better a way way uh, better way to be. Um but I ended up and then I ended up not going to the uh after party. It's going to a club is a nightmare. Like I, I met up with my chick. My chick oh, yeah. was she had a show. She she dances. She had like a, a big like Latin music festival thing. She was a she's not a stripper. She's let's a just stripper. let's try to make it clear because I'm just saying when you say those words, everyone thinks you're dating a stripper. No, she uh, no she dances with like a, a Latin you know pop thing, and she was there, she was there performing, and so I went to go see her. And by the time I got out, it was like midnight. And we we had this plan. We we're gonna go to the club and so you sit there and just watch your girl like do like she's like a background dancer for some Latin music. Yeah. Do you hate the music? No, I, I love reggaeton. <laughs> you just have to sit there and pretend <laughs> you're into this. I love reggaeton, dude. It rules. That just sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Uh, no, I appreciate you know I appreciate live performance. No, I'm not like a big fan of reggaeton, but oh man, you're trying your reggaeton? best. <laughs> I appreciate live performance. (laughs) You know, Dave, art is art. (laughs) No, I legitimately, I I enjoyed the show. Vic, oh my God, Vic's here. We haven't talked to Vic the entire show. Vic's just been jerking off this whole time. Oh, I've been in lockdown. I'm I'm in trouble because I uh, I'm a habitual rule breaker like like Nate Diaz. (laughs) You're not in trouble, Vic. Let you. I I, I, look. You 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 laid the law down earlier. It's okay. Vic starts. You laid the law down about. Vic starts texting me in the group. Okay. What did he do? Hold on. Let's see. I got to read these texts more often, man. And Dave, you understand me. The problem is is I'm originally from California, Mm -hmm. you know, just a couple hours away from where (laughs) Nate's from. Right. And that's where real G's are from. I'm a real G. That's true. So sometimes I push the line and. uh, No, Vic fucking. Let me say it. I've known Vic literally a decade at least. I mean, more, right? Longer. I think it was like 13 or 14 years now. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, Vic, God, how long have we known Vic each other? started in podcasting with like when I, me and Dave started the hammer fisting podcast, but Dave quickly left that podcast and it became hammer fisting. We were recording on a cell phone. It's Lewis. fine, dude. It, it was the beginning of this. So it is. Listen, I, we wouldn't be talking into these microphones. If you, this is beautiful you, table, dude. Uh, you get all the credit in the world for everything I do because yeah. you you convinced me to do stand up. You convinced me to do podcasting and both seemed ridiculous. Yes. And I don't know why I followed you, no. but I did. And here I am. Pure laziness. We, I we did, Lewis. You, you and I, after you, you and Dave stopped. We did about over two hundred episodes together. Uh, you know, yeah. we did a lot, a lot, a lot. And I know Vic a long time. And Vic is a ball buster. It always has been. We always have a fun time with yes, it. Yes, I know. Chris Tinkle stormed out many of occasions. But we hired Vic on this show as the the producer. We needed a producer who understood your real production. And Vic is great, and he does it remotely. Um, and you know, but we also have Coop. We have Natalie. Now, Coop and Natalie are more traditionally my employees yeah. like Vic is an employee Vic you are my employee let it be known but I, I think technically in, well, let's not talk about how much you're paying me right now I technically. I you're getting paid more than most producers here okay are you so, a, are you a W2 I mean I think he's a, a contractor I would imagine I, I sure hope that's not true that I'm getting paid more than the other <laughs> so listen to me Vic we are running a Ponzi scheme here all right so Vic you get the opportunity to invest so he he's now, you get two investors. He's on a group chat yeah. with uh, everybody, Coop included. Coop's brand new. Natalie's here. So then, hey, guys, tra- I write traffic's a lot worse than I thought it was going to be at 640, uh, or uh, mm-hmm. than I thought it was going to be. 640 is my ETA. So Vic goes, apologize to Dave. He came on time. And then I go, yeah, well, I'm the boss. Time starts when I get there. Well, you're Let's not, not my boss, this. so 640 is not when and, you even got here. Bye. And that's the point I was trying to make. I was defending you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Unlike unlike Vic, I am an independent contractor, and I can leave any time. So then Vic... But seriously, I'm not going to, and I'm doing quite well here. So, so then... <laughs> Uh, he doesn't he goes, even want to read the rest of it. No, he goes. Dave it, it, doesn't work for you. He works for America, and so do I. Uh, and then mm, Natalie starts chiming in. These a, are facts. Natalie starts chiming in. A queen is never late. Everyone else is early. The Princess Diaries too. That was uh, a great and applicable. Quote. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So then I, I'm gonna just blindly trust that that quote is real and makes sense. Julie so, Andrews said it. So then Vic goes. Lewis is a princess. Poppins. So then Vic goes. Lewis is the princess, right? So at this point, I text Vic. I'm like Vic. Stop trying to fucking get the troops against me right now. Now I have Natalie Vic, calling me a princess. This is mutiny. <laughs> Are I, you leading a mutiny I, against I me? Natalie call me a princess. Koopa Loops sitting there like, oh, Koops, just... Koops, by the way, getting ballsy. He's like, yeah, Loops isn't so fucking tough. Dude, he... Look, Koops the only one that can't talk. He got lukewarm coffee for you. That's a, that's a bitch-ass rookie move. <laughs> I was going to warn everybody today. No bitch-ass rookie moves today. Oh, that was great, by the way. Dick now, what else did you... You wrote some other shit earlier that pissed me off, Vic. It's been, it's been a few weeks of Vic. He just takes these shots at me, and I'm like, if Natalie or Koop... Talk to me like Vic's talking to me. I would literally fire. They'll be that. They're fucking gone. So I had to send Vic a- And yet Vic's still here. And I sent Vic a message being like, dude, I was like, I know you're just fucking around. I was like, but they don't fucking know what this is. They think this is the way you talk to Lewis. And it ain't happening. All right, all right, all right. Let me try to, as as the as the sole person here who doesn't work for Lewis and probably makes him more money than anybody that else at this network. Uh, Vic, let me try to rectify this situation. You, what you're getting paid that Lewis claimed 
was more than any of the other producers here. Per show? Okay. It's, it's definitely okay. debatably more. Per, All right. Because he works on one show. Lewis, I'm you're, trying to, Lewis, I'm trying Vic, to solve your per show rate problems is here. definitely higher than every other producer. All right. Vic, we're going to take that rate and double it. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, right whoa, whoa, whoa. Double it. Okay. D- didn't we just give him a 50% raise? Okay, we're gonna. No, cut actually, it in that half. was something I was gonna email you about, but uh... yeah, I, Vic, I said that's that's happening. So now you know what? Now Vic, how about this? How about hey, you fucking? You, know what? you said that was happening two months ago. But just send that email. How about you send that email then? I guess Lewis, I'll read it. You know what? My thing was a joke. We're seriously giving him a fifty percent raise. <laughs> I haven't gotten a fifty percent raise off this show. Uh, all right, fine, Vic. It here's the solution: insult Lewis all you want to. Uh, but put it on a text thread with just the three of us. I would like to see those insults. Uh, we don't uh, want I'm Natalie sure. and Coop to know, but the rest. I'm of just going to look like in the mail because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a box of kratom and sheath underwear. So the point uh, is, well, that's your that's raise. The, the point is, I did not go to the after party. You didn't because my when my chick got off stage, like we were both like, I don't want to go to a club. But like I'm pretending to want to go to a club because You've I'm sitting in a club. You're at a Latin was... dance party. No, no, it was it was a big outdoor festival, like oh, a huge okay. outdoor, like you know, a lot of Puerto Ricans, fucking shimmying. That sounds like so much fun. A lot of Puerto Ricans and Colombians. Yeah. By the way, I appreciate that you finished your point, and I also want to go back to the other point and say that you're Dana White and I'm Nate Diaz in that scenario. That's but... no, you're not. I'm Nate Diaz. You're Dana White. You're pig vomit. <laughs> Let's not forget it. He is the boss. No. He'd have to be the boss. Oh, that's be that. true. Fuck. Shit, dude. You're a pig vomit. Oh, oh no, my God. Oh, no, dude. Oh, you the conspiracy comes. A <laughs> wow. Never thought about it like this. But before. I don't like clubs. I no. hate Who clubs. Who does? I, fuck, I, I, I will never go out. If you're not a, a 20 year old idiot, there's no, no reason to like clubs. It's ho- They're just horrible. Yeah. Let's see. Uh,. Racist. It was pretty great. Nate Diaz calling him a bitch ass rookie after that. It was pre- that was pretty great. Yeah, it was. It was pretty fucking dope. Um, yeah, one of my favorite lines uh, of Nate Diaz is when he uh, what do he say about being from America? Oh, that was a fucking yeah. Great... He said he said that stupid bitch ass rookie uh, screwed everything up, and he's like, uh, "What did he? Damn it! Now you made me forget it." But I'm sorry, it was such a great line. It, it is a great like, line. Real it's... real Americans come from Stockton, California, no, America. Like, yeah. Real gangsters, real G's. Yeah, real real gangsters are American or something like that. <laughs> ah, what is it? Look it up, from Coop, Stockton. right now. Coop, have it ready to go. Five, four, three, two. I no, didn't do it. That was hey, uh, that was pretty quick to demand. He have a, some important a polling, flow. by the way. Some important polling. Seventy-five percent of people think that they would rather live in Stockton than Chechnya. I want you guys to know that. That is interesting. That, did you ask important. that? Did you ask that to the to our Twitter? Yeah, and, I think and, that's seventy-five uh, percent would rather live in America <laughs> than Chechnya. I agree true. with that. And, and then the other thing was, I asked, would Lewis be just as successful if he had a wonky lip like uh, Cosma? And twenty-five uh, percent, yes. He could he could be just as successful. Forty one percent say he needs a normal lip, and thirty four percent say he's the wonky lip of people. <laughs> all right, I should have retweeted all this, Vic. You all did right. that one. So. We got to do Vic. Do, we got we, we, we Coop. To... You have the quote. What is it? What is a quote? Coop, pull it up. You guys already know what it is. Real G is from California, America, motherfucker. Hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. USA, USA. That's, I, I like it. 
Uh, real quick, because we, we only have a couple more minutes here, because we have to go to Legion of Skanks. We started a little bit late. We do apologize for the short show today. Vic, quick, hit me with some of the big topics here. I know Elias Theodoro passed away of, uh, I believe it was some sort of cancer, colon cancer or, or something, uh, you know, RIP. Um, I didn't even crazy. know that he- That's I didn't even, crazy. He was young, man. It really makes me scared, because he's a professional athlete. He's beautiful. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. to do with that. And in my mind, I'm going, I don't live my life that way. Am I, do I have cancer now? Like, it just really gets in my head. Guys, it really made it about me very quickly. Yeah, really did. RIP me and my mental health. You did. <laughs> but that is today was the press sad, conference man. for Anderson Silva and uh, Jake Paul. By the way, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch any. I saw Ooh. the one moment where, because uh, 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 Chael Sonnen hosted the press conference, which Ooh. is the greatest thing. I ever. didn't know that. I saw Anderson and Chael and on stage, one, and I didn't know that's what it was. That's what it was. And I saw the one clip where Anderson asked Chael why he didn't come to his barbecue yeah. that he invited him to, and Chael was like, "I didn't think it was a sincere offer." <laughs> you know, like, it was a, that was a great moment. By the way, Chael, it's really great. Let, let me just Chael say this: and Anderson, Chael get along. breaks down everything better than anybody he is he's the, the one he's the one if you want to just watch he has the most entertaining youtube channel if you want to just listen to one dude break something down there's other ones who bisping is great uh, i i told we talk about the weasel all the time he's got a great fucking channel but chael he just always knows how to articulate things in a really interesting way almost like a storyteller chael he really was, does a look, great job he was i'll tell you man chael was the best at the character that he was when he was fighting and he's even better now that he's not the fucking character. And he's just really being Chael. He's just a really smart dude who really knows fighting well and is really just verbally talented. And yes. it's, it's, he gives you it's like a storyteller. that no one else yeah, does. He, he'll just break down. It'll be something as simple as like, you know, you know, does does Jake Paul have a chance against Anderson Silva? And I haven't heard it yet, but he'll he'll break it down in a way. It's like, let me tell you something. And then... And he, I, I, the way he just sort of like unfolds it, and he's like, and I'm not saying that, but if I was, and then he'll break yeah. it down from almost like the, the counterpoint perspective. Really, really, really fucking great channel. Um, I, I catch Chael's stuff almost every time he puts something out now. It's so fucking good. So I love Chael. I want to watch this press conference right now. Damn it. And by the way, Chael picked, uh, picked Nate Diaz to beat Hamzat, and he was right. Look, I think uh, you guys did great today. That's why I let you guys just ramble because you guys had a great. I, if it wasn't a ramble, you guys had a great POV today. I think everyone mm -hmm. should watch this podcast. Uh, I appreciate the employment from uh, <laughs> over there from Lewis, uh, but you're also my friends, and I'm gonna make that first. And uh, I want to say that Coop and Natalie they weren't bitch ass rookies today. They were they were pros. Love it, and that's what we why we honor Nate Diaz. Thanks, Vic. Guys, we're all living our lives in a triangle today. Oh, wow. That's something. That's a Beautiful. lot. I love it. All right, thanks for watching, guys. Shout out to Yo Kratom for supporting today's show. Go to YoKratom.com if you're in the market for Kratom and you're over the age of 21 years old. Live dates coming up. I'm in Tampa the 22nd to the 25th. I'll be in Plano, Texas at the end of the month with the uh, Offend Everyone Tour with me and Aaron Berg. LewisofSkanks.com for all of those tickets. If you guys love this show, subscribe at Gas Digital. Use the promo code YOMMA. Save $1.50 a month. Get instant access to the complete on-demand library for all the shows here on the network. Dave? Uh... uh uh, September 25th, Austin, Texas. I will be at the Creek in the Cave. One night only, two shows. The shows are filling up quickly. These are both going to sell out. So go grab tickets now. ComicDaveSmith.com has the ticket link up right there. And yeah, traveling a bunch this month. Got a, a bunch of big podcasts and stuff that I'm doing. So look for that. Part of the problem right here at Gas Digital Network. Hell yeah. All right. We'll check you guys on Legion of Skanks in just 10 minutes, folks. We'll be there on time. Oh, yeah. Can I have a burger first?
Yes.